Welcome to the Habits of the Few, where we discuss habits, rituals, and mindset tactics that you can use to reach your version of success. And now, here's your host, Mona Bolsi. Welcome to another episode of Habits of the Few. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I have a special guest. Beth Moyer has been a real definition of what you're capable of when you put your mind to it and and then really dive all in right it's that all in factor most people they kind of dip their toes in the water when it comes to you know starting a business entrepreneurship what have you Um, she understood very early on that no matter what she did she would have to give it her all backs against the wall no excuses nothing and uh, this is her story so uh, I urge you to stay tuned and listen to the entire episode and I thank you for being here without further ado enjoy the show how about we start with um, how you got into network marketing in the first place? Um, you know, that's funny because I never in a million years thought I would do something like this because like I think a lot of people, there's this, um, you have this preconceived notion of what network marketing is and it's, you know, a pyramid scheme, right? Like that's what I right. Oh my God, it's a pyramid scheme. Um, I got specifically the only reason I was really interested in this particular um, company was because I was really looking for a product. Um, and when I used this product, I was blown away by how well it worked mm-hmm. in a very short amount of time. And so it was really at that point that I kind of had this light bulb of, well, I really like the product. I just want a really good discount, but I have no intentions of doing this as a business. Like I was, um, at the time I was a senior financial analyst with Nike and working long hours, you know, single mom. I wasn't, I, I don't consider myself a salesperson. I didn't have time, you know, but this came about because I fell in love with the products and I just really wanted the best discount. And I knew that it would also help me in terms of just financially putting some money in my pocket because I was opening up a home-based business. So I knew that I would be able to save some money um, in terms of write-offs for my home that I could take because of the fact that I was going to be starting a business. So really that was the intention that I had behind it was just, I'm going to, you know, buy the product anyway. I want the best discount. Um, And then it was, you know, the expectation was, well, maybe I can just do enough to kind of break even and um, get my products paid for. And that was the extent of what I thought it was going to be. And then, you know, it was, it was so different than the world that I was in, in corporate America at that, you know, the more that I um, really, it was just about sharing something that I absolutely loved. And the more that I was authentic and connected with people and just shared my experience about it, Mm -hmm. the easier it was for me to um, get people to try it. And it was never really about sales, if you will. Like it was always just, this is, I love this stuff. It's worked so well for me. You know, oh, you're having the same issue. Like here, here's what I've used, you know? And so that was, and, and then truly it just was about helping people at the end of the day, because I really did truly believe in the product. Um, and then it was funny too, because I really had to struggle. I struggled with the objections, you know, the, the preconceived ideas I had about it as well, even, and then also just the, the judgment and the stigma that comes with doing this as a business. Um, but I mean, I always tell everybody that I feel like network marketing for me has been like a gateway drug of personal growth, Mm -hmm. um, because I really had to stop caring about what people thought about it. Um, and jump into it and you know you get rejected all the time you get ignored you get ghosted I mean you get you you just some of the responses that I've had over the years of doing this um, are crazy you know people are so fickle and it's really hard not to take those those things personally and but I've I've learned um, those lessons that I've learned because of this business have been in, incredible. And so, you know, the, after the first year, it was like, oh, this is just going to be like, you know, I'm just going to do this to make this much amount of money per month. And then I went to um, a meeting that we had or a convention that we had, and I listened to these women who had, they were like me, they were working 60, 70 hours a week, not seeing their kids, um, you know feelings the mom guilt on both sides like you're not doing a great job at work you're not doing a great job at home and 
I remember listening to some of their stories and they said, you know, they were saying like, I, I, I changed and decided that I wasn't going to treat this like a hobby anymore. I was going to treat it like a job. And within this amount of time, I got to this and it was a short amount of time. And I, I just sat there kind of thinking like, I've done really hard things in a short amount of time, especially if it's for the long term. Like I put myself through college. I worked almost full time. I was an air force national guard. Wow. I can do things. I can go and go hard especially if it's only going to be for two or three years, if it puts me where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of made that decision right then and there that I was like, okay, well, that's what I'm going to do. Like, why would I, I'm sitting on this opportunity. Why would I, but I don't think until that moment I realized what the opportunity really was. Um, and so, yeah, I just decided. And then within, um, you know, a year after that, I had pretty much hit my goal of uh, doubling my income and, decided at that point that I was like, okay, I got to, I have to make a decision about if I'm going to, um, continue trying to do all these things at the rate that I'm going, because that, that year, that second year that I really, um, kicked it into gear, it wasn't easy. Like it's, it's not, it was a grind trying to do both, um, you know, my full-time job and then also work this business and then also be a, a single mom and have a life and all of that. Like it was, it was a grind, but Um, And it was at that point that I I had to make a decision about, um, you know, do I continue doing this? But I knew I knew I couldn't keep going at that pace and that I really felt so strongly about this opportunity that I was like, you know, if I've been able to do this with it in this amount of time, really only being half in, what could it look like if I just decided to go all in? Um, But, you know, that's. I have a lot of people who are like, gosh, that's so scary though. Like you walked away from safety and security, which I think is just BS because honestly, at this point, when you work for corporations, there's no such thing as safety. I mean, absolutely not. that's, that's false. Like there's a false sense of security because if you think for a second that if you were to keel over and die, that they won't replace you in a week, you're wrong. And so it was one of cheaper. Exactly. And that was the thing is I was kind of coming up at a place in my career where I was going to age myself out of a job essentially because I was working for, a, you know, an extremely competitive company where they'd have 20,000 applicants for every job that they would put out externally. Right. And here I was in 18 years into a career and making a good amount of money because I'd worked my way up, you know, with and having like a master's in accounting and I had worked my way up and I wasn't willing to be a workhorse. I wasn't willing to work 75 hours a week anymore. It was like, look, this is what I'm willing to do because I have a life and I have children and I have priorities. Um, but there was somebody who was 25 who would have no problem working by and making two thirds to, you know, half of what I'm, I was making at that point. So I was also keenly aware of that too, that at some point this is, I'm not going to have a choice on where I get put. I'm going to get put into some role I don't want. How and, many hours a week do you work now? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> this is going to be a really great contrast. Yeah. It's like a week that I'm really busting my butt, probably 25 hours a week. You know, and I would say that that's like busting my butt, but it's hard to do to measure that because so much of what I do now is like talking to people, which right. I love to do anyway. So it doesn't really feel like work. Like hence the networking. Right. Exactly. Like it's, it's, uh, you know, conversations on the phone, it's meeting people for coffee. It's like going out and trying to like, you know, working out because that's the place to go and network with people and mm-hmm. um, really trying to figure out where I can go to just get in front of more people and meet people, but not so much because I'm like, Ooh, I need to sell this product, but because that's just, I think inherently who I am and what I do. Um, and what I love about this business, because, you know, now I also do uh, business coaching and life coaching because so much of what what I did within um, my network marketing business was that anyway. And so I've kind of branched out and that's the thing that I love about this is it's really given me that flexibility to the time and the financial flexibility to explore other um, things that I love that I'm passionate about that, um, you know, I can build into another stream of income if I want to. So 
um, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's like 25 hours a week versus when I was working 60 hours a week and always just feeling like my throat was going to explode because um, my throat or my heart was going to explode because of how insane it was to try and keep up with that schedule all the time. Um, and I don't have that now. Like now I get to be home with my kids when they get off of school and yeah. I just never thought that that would be an opportunity like I never thought that would be a possibility I was always the breadwinner mm -hmm. I invested, you know I spent a lot of money and time going to school I thought that that's what I would be doing until I retired you know honestly right and, well thank god because I I think I probably would have been but okay. you're in a you're in a business model now that is is what makes the most successful entrepreneurs successful and that's the residual income right Right, because you you can work, you can like you can be generating twenty million dollars a year, but if you stop producing and you're a workhorse and you have to be in the office, you have to be with your team, you have to showcase all this stuff, yada yada yada, on day in and day out. That's not residual income. That's 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 performance based income. That's right. you providing a service and constantly being there. You're just at that point, you're just the highest paid you know worker bee for your company. Exactly. You know, you don't really become a, a CEO or an entrepreneur, so to speak. Um, and so the, the residual income is the thing that most people, I think, get wrong. Um, and, and you know, and I, I want to digress a little bit here because I, I want you to continue your story. But I do want to stop just for a second and, and talk about how your mindset is so different from 99% of the population. So... You said to me just a few moments ago that if you know that in two to three years, there's going to be a destination, if there's if there's going to be a result, and all you have to do is put forth 100% of effort so that within that duration of time that you've allotted for yourself, you will reach a result or a goal. And that in itself is... is it's like it's almost alien to most of most of you know humanity to be quite honest with you yeah. um there is always they're always trying to maneuver some way in and around which why we well not we but which is why the network marketing you know gets the biggest stigma i mean right. donald trump says network marketing is one of the best businesses that you can get in now here's the here's the thing with with me because i've done network marketing companies when i was young and i made a shit ton of money and 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 then i got out because I just wanted to get into other things. And I know a lot of people that have been very successful. Here, here's my observation about network marketing companies. A, the product has to be like stupendous, yeah. number one. Number two, you have to believe in it. It has to, it, you have to have your own personal story or it, you can't sell because what's the best salesman in the world or the best storytellers, right? right? And number three, and you can argue me with on this, but I, I believe that timing is very critical with a network marketing company. If you were to get into what is one of the largest, uh, uh, what is that? What is one of the oldest network marketing companies right now? Uh, Amway. Yeah, or Mary Kay. Or Mary Kay. Like if you got into Amway now, I mean, uh, yeah, chances are you're, you're not going to do what you could have done 30 years ago. No. You, no. you know what I'm saying? So I, I think those are the three most critical factors. Um, and so if you have that information and, and, and all of those three dots align, then I think you can, if you know, would put forth enough effort, you can have, you know, a successful business. The problem is 99% of people don't think like you, right? They don't have that mentality. It's just like today's day and age, everybody and their mom is an entrepreneur on their Instagram handle. They're an entrepreneur, they're a CEO, they're a social media marketer, they're this, they're that. And there are a bunch of kids that don't know what it is that they are. You know, they look at entrepreneurship in 2019. Um, it's almost comparative to like being a professional athlete or a musician or something like that. And I, uh, I had this, uh, I, was, I was speaking with, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Neil Patel that I, I spoke to. And I said, um, you know, people putting entrepreneur on their bio on Instagram or Twitter, or whatever, is like me saying, I'm a professional basketball player. I like basketball. But there's no way in hell I could play in the NBA, right. right? Entrepreneurship is the NBA of business, right? It's 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 understanding how a you know how to build business, b you have the mindset for it, and 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 three you're kind of wired, like you can't. It's almost like a latent ability, right? You have to have some form of talent to understand. Like you, you're a natural networker. You're you're great conversationalist. You're a great storyteller. Right. Um, so I want to I want to kind of shoot back here. How when did you recognize 
I know I kind of went on a tangent here, but when did you recognize your ability to, to know that once you wanted to do something or achieve something, you would just go for it? Well, what was it? It was just a natural innate thing. Did you have to focus? Did you have to discipline yourself? Was there somebody or something or some book that you read or taught, you know, through osmosis or through, through reading, through a course, through a book, whatever the case may be, what was it that triggered you? Like, you know what? I'm just going to go after this. I'm going to work my ass off to get it. And then we're going to move on to the next step. What was it that shifted that mentality for you? You know, I, I've thought about this a lot because I've always been one of those people that um, I've had a lot of people throughout my life say, oh, I love that you just decide you're going to do something and you do it. Right. Um, and so, no, I mean, I think like I want to say, well, here's the magic combination of things that I did. But honestly, I think I was like, that's just me. That's my personality. I've always been somebody who has been um, quick to make a decision. Like I don't wait until I'm ready because I don't feel like you're ever going to be ready. And I think one of the things that I have always had this, the strength to do is make a decision and trust that no matter what, I'll get in and figure it out. Um, and so, and I think I really have just always, I, I really like challenges. Mm. Um, I think that I've always been somebody who has leaned into when I felt uncomfortable and instead of running the other way have said like, well, <laughs> I'll figure it out and I guess I'll just go and see what happens. Um, and so what I, what I would say though, is that that has definitely come easier for me the more often that I've done it. Um, because I think that that's for me how I've built built my self-confidence and the fact that I know I can figure things out because, you know, I really don't believe in failure at this point. Like, I know that no matter what I do, I will, I'll learn. And so, no, I mean, I definitely have read, you know, books since then because I think that then, you know, there's stuff that's happened in my life that I'm like, oh crap, I, I'm not really in control. Cause I think a lot of it, when I, I made, when I was able to go and make those decisions, I was like, oh, I'm in complete control of this anyway. You know, like I've got this, I know that I've thought of every possible outcome, so I'm good. Um, and so as life started happening and you realize, oh, <laughs> actually I'm not in control. However, um, instead of that kind of freaking me out, I think that that's just made me more resilient in other ways as far as being able to go with the flow and being less reactive and, um, you know, realizing that even in those situations when I don't have any control, I still can get in and figure it out and be resourceful. Um, so I don't know that, like, I can't even say it's this combination of things that I did that created me as that person. I think, um, you know, part of it was I grew up in a pretty dysfunctional, like I had a pretty dysfunctional childhood and home life. And so a lot of the decisions that I made was like, I don't want to live like that. <laughs> so what do I do to avoid, um, you know, what different decisions do I need to make for my parents so that I don't uh, complete, you know, I just don't complete that cycle and keep going the way that they are. And so it was, and then I think a big part of it too, for me was that I was always about trying to prove that I wasn't that. So that was really a big, um, reason for my ambition, um, was this hustle to try and, you know, get attention and positive attention from my family, but also then, you know, there's a downside to that too, um, where you become like this achievaholic, you know, and you're not necessarily um, appreciating where you where you are and what you have accomplished because you're just on to the next thing. So I had a ton of life lessons, but I don't think that I can say like it's this book and this podcast and this person. Um, I think it was just kind of this like you have that or you don't like you're it's you know I agree or, or and I think you can learn it like I think that you can but it it takes it takes practice doing that in order to get more comfortable being that person um it's, it's not easy you know it's no it isn't. so 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 people can learn it by habits disciplines rituals yeah. you know they can journal they can they can write down their goals they can they can there's a myriad of things and the most of it we talk about on this podcast so i, I have two questions for you 
fun. You're wired to be an entrepreneur. That I can tell. It's yeah. in your DNA. Um, there, there's, there are, <clears throat> there are um, entrepreneurs that were born entrepreneurs, and then there were ones that, like leaders that were that were taught to be leaders. Right. Um, it's usually it's usually this one that's that that becomes more difficult um and takes a lot a lot longer uh time to be able to achieve however i found that the taught leaders are the leaders that um that are the most successful culturally with their organizations yeah. um the entrepreneurs that are born entrepreneurs dna they're they excel in building businesses literally going from one thing to the next and just kicking butt yeah so so two questions number one you bring on consultants into your business, correct? So I want to know what you look for because because you may need you may not have needed to learn necessarily and develop these skills. It was innate. But what do you look for when you're bringing on consultants? What are the things that kind of that you're that trigger you? Like this is going to this girl's going to be great or this girl is going to be amazing or not so much. And then the second question is what was it that that I, I, we kind of briefly talked on this, but you were at a corporate job for, for many years mm-hmm. and then you got into basically becoming your own boss. Right. Um, I know that it wasn't intended to be like, oh, this is going to be amazing. I'm just going to go full throttle from the beginning. You mentioned that it was really just, I, I want to see if I can at least break even. Maybe right. I can just pay for the product because I love the product and that's it. Was there like an aha moment where you're like, holy crap, I'm actually really good at this. Like, why wasn't I doing this before? So your first question, uh, what I look for, I basically, honestly, it that's changed, you know, at first yeah. is that I, um, you know, it's like finding your ideal client. I definitely have done this exercise of who is my ideal consultant and who do I really want to try and work on calling in. Right. And for the first couple of years, I would say I really, um, I wanted to call people in and, and I wanted to give them, you know, guidance. And I, you know, I was wanting to give them coaching. And now I'm at this point where I'm like, I want to get people who are emotionally intelligent, who have that business sense about them, who are business savvy. I basically am looking for me, you know, maybe two or three years ago, um, which is usually what your ideal client is, right? Is somebody who was you just two or three years, like just right behind where you are and you're just going to help them kind of come along. And so that's what I think I look for now. It's like somebody who isn't, who might be afraid and they're fearful, but they're willing to jump in and figure it out. Um, somebody who doesn't need their hand held all the time. You know, I'm definitely there for days where they're having a rough day because they've been ignored and rejected and they've been told no, or they've had people completely flip on them in terms of energy. And that happens, but I want people who are resilient enough that, you know, I can talk to them for 15 minutes, but then they can give themselves a pep talk and go. Mm -hmm. Mm So um, really, truly, I want those self starters. I'm looking for people who, who, get this opportunity who recognize even more than I did when I start this, like who actually get it and who go, Oh, I'm down to do whatever this takes. I'm willing to be that person. I think I'm looking for the person that I was after a year in, when I sat in that audience and saw that and heard that woman say, I've done this in two or three years. I'm looking for that person who's, who's at that point. Who's like, Oh, I could do that for two or three years. If this is what it's going to give me, you know? So I'm looking for self-starters for people who aren't willing to work, uh, you know, are willing to work hard because they know they can see the vision of what this can bring them. But also to realize that this is not a quick fix. Like this is not an overnight, you know, get rich quick scheme. Like you have to work at it. What we do is by no means um, easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of I think so much of with network marketing, it's the battle between your ears. So somebody who has a really strong um, ability to get out of their own head and get out of their own way and go um, for sure is who I look for at this point. And then the second question, the aha moment. Um, I think I have had so many of those. Um, I think for me, the aha moment was, it was 
right before so my birthday is two days or three days before Christmas which is horrible because it's yeah, like birthday, Christmas and then New Year's all within like a week a week right and I'm definitely one of those people that around my birthday and also around the New Year I get really reflective on goals and where I want to be and where you know I want my life to go and if it's uh, aligned with you know who I am and what I want and so it was my going to be my 40th birthday. It was, you know, I didn't have my kids for Christmas for the first time um, as a single mom, which was really hard. And then I also had New Year's and I happened to be really sick at the time, too. So I kind of had all these things and I was just, you know, it was where I was with the business um, kind of down in the dumps because I'm like, I don't know that I can keep up this pace for another year. Like, I'm just... I don't know when this, this moment is going to be that I just kind of break and I, you know, I'm feeling really, um, spread thin. And I, when it gets like that, it's really hard to feel like you're doing a good job anywhere. And I really like to do a good job too. So that's a hard place for me to sit. So I was, you know, kind of in this moment where I'm like, I, I feel like I have to say no to something, you know, and, um, I, I kind of went through the laundry list of, well, what, what can I say no to? It's like, my kids are at the top. I can't say no to them. Um, the second one was this business and the fact that I didn't feel like there was a glass ceiling. I felt like there was unlimited potential. If I just, you know, it was dependent on me and I know based on who I am, that if I decide I'm going to do it, it'll happen. So, um, and then the third choice was the corporate job, you know, and feeling like, okay, I, this is not my passion. This isn't really where I want to be. Like I can tell that I'm just kind of phoning it in there. And I knew I was like, I have to make a decision that I have to say no to something. And, and it became very obvious what that no was going to be. And then, you know, I had all this anxiety. And then the second that I was like, okay, I'm going to quit my corporate job. It was like, it changed from anxiety to every hair on my body stood up and just this electricity that went through it where I was like, this is it. Like this, that was the right decision. And I know that this is it. And it's scary and it's risky, but I know it's the right decision because there is like not even an ounce of, um, like not even an ounce of doubt that this is what I'm supposed to do. And, um, you know, as I've, like then throughout the transition of leaving and um I think I was born to always be you know a coach I think I'm I was born to be a you know public speaker I was born to be out doing in sales and business development like that's just marketing I you know and I think that the fact that I have a background in finance um I never really fit, fit the mold in finance and accounting and I you know but it was one yeah, of those I can't see that yeah I was I was good at it and it was it was stable um you know I knew that I would always have a career in that yeah. if you know death and taxes right so like I knew that it was stable and safe um but I think that going through some stuff in life that happened it was like you know who cares about safe anymore like it's about trying to do what fills me up and makes me excited and lights me up and um this is that and I am you know I know that it's gonna evolve it's gonna continue to evolve and there'll be other things that come because of it that I don't think this is the end all for me as far as network marketing but I think it's definitely opening up other opportunities and stepping stones for what I really will do somewhere down the road it sounds like Um, you're really just getting started yeah really um but yeah so I think you know I have those moments I don't think it's like one aha after this that decision um you know it was it's been a series of aha moments throughout it where it's like oh right yeah I mean and I think another one was when I was sitting in that convention and I kind of just I had like this overwhelming um or all of a sudden I just I got really emotional because it was like oh I was I'm supposed to be sitting here like I was supposed to be here and now I know all these things have happened this way and I'm here now because I was supposed to be sitting in this room hearing that and um it's what gave me the the courage to explore it as an I you know as it, it really um 
all of a sudden the potential of this just went from like here to like endless that I would not have had had I not been sitting there listening to that woman tell her story. So I've had, yeah, like many, many different um, aha moments throughout this thing. So it's been awesome. So do you see, do you see yourself, um, so now you're doing, you're doing uh, life coaching? Yeah, so I'm doing the network marketing, obviously, that's a big yep. bit, um, but I also do business coaching and life coaching. So like this um, dev? Yeah, well, business development, but you know, so much of it, like no matter what you're doing as far as coaching, and I can sit here and help people with strategy and business plans and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. because of the fact that my background was in business for so long, but so much of the stuff that we end up talking about is mindset. So that's where there's this like, you know, line between business and life coaching that, you know, if you're working on this for your business, a lot of times it spills over anyway into your life on different things because it is around mindset. Um, so yeah. And that's weird because I remember seeing something about a life coach probably like 10 years ago and just being like, what the hell is that? Like what? I want a life coach. You know, like what gets me is when you see a 19 year old say that they're a life coach. Yeah. I just want to punch him in the face. It's, it's, that's funny too, because I, there have been, um, not so much me, but like I, I've had some, um, friends who have hired business coaches, um, and just, and I'm not saying that you have to have, uh, life experience, but I, I think it helps because I've had a lot of things happen and in my life and I've had to, um, hence the life coach. Yeah. I've had to really figure out, you know, and I was, I, I think I was a control freak. I was a perfectionist. I still am those things. And I'm, I'm constantly trying to not be and like be recovering from that. And so, but I think going through a lot of the things that I've gone through has prepared me for, um, you know, I, a big believer in the reasons that I've had all those lessons is because I have, I was meant to share the wisdom mm-hmm. from them. So, and I think that, I've always been somebody who can activate people in that way. Um, I think that was one of the strengths for me with network marketing and why um, why the team grew and it was a, as successful as it was because I was that person who could come in and, and really um, activate people and get them going and, and help them get outside of their own way and out of their head. So that's always been a strength of mine to, the, to where it's interesting now going into it realizing how valuable that is because it comes so innately to me that even charging people for it, you know, that was a, that was a aha moment where I was like, Oh wait, I can actually charge people for this because, but it felt so weird because I felt like, you know, it's not valuable unless it feels really hard. Right. This is just who I am as a person. And so this is what I've always done and given people, but it is emotional labor and it is valuable. And it's even me wrapping my mind around that and being able to say, well, yeah, there'll be people who pay for that. Like this is a skill set I have that I just take for granted, but other people don't have it and they need it. Um, so yeah, there's been so many would you mind giving away like one or two like tactics mindset tactics or strategies that that people can take away after listening to this and applying it to their life um i think that the number one thing for me that i started with as far as just um really changing my own mindset because that's the other thing is i wasn't a I would say within the last six years, I've become a really positive person. But before that, I wasn't at all. <laughs> like, really? No, I was so cynical and I was such a victim. Um, I can look back and be, you know, and and think about that stuff. Now, um, I think that one of the first things is, is to really pay attention to your thoughts that you have about other people. Um, if you're If you're somebody who gossips, you know, um, that is one of the first places that for me, I think that's huge. I really took a step back and observed how I would talk about people and how I would think things about people, other people. And instead of, um, instead of, I would almost like stop those thoughts mid thought and be like, and get curious as to why 
I was even thinking that, you know, like to really step back and kind of, I think the ability to observe your thoughts and then get curious about why you have those thoughts is a huge place to start. Because if you can do that when you're talking about other people, then you can start doing that when you're having those uh, thoughts about yourself. Mm -hmm. And the more that you can practice halting that stuff, that's negative right in its tracks and getting curious about it and then either stopping it altogether or replacing it with kindness, kind thoughts and, and positive energy. Um, because we really, I truly do believe you get what you give and it doesn't need to be something that even comes out of your mouth verbally, you know, for you to get it back. And so, um, that's the first place for me that I remember being like, why am I critiquing what this person is wearing that's walking down the street? Who cares? How does that affect me? You know, that has nothing to do with me. If they feel good in it, great. Like, that's cool. I want them to feel good. So, and then really asking myself those questions, like, why does that, why would that bother me? And ultimately, whenever you're talking about other people or you have judgment that way, it's just, it's all it is, is reflecting back to you an area that you need to work on in terms of healing. You know, it's, it's reflecting back to you insecurities you have about yourself. And in order to be successful in anything in life and business, you have to work through your insecurities. You have to work through those things, those negative um, things that you have, those stories and those limiting beliefs that you have in your mind. And so even just becoming aware of how you're talking about other people is a great place to start. Um, as ahead, as, sorry. Like, so I don't know if that's, that's one, right? Like, am I supposed to give you two? No, no, that's good. You don't have to give me any. One is good. I'd like to give some sort of practical, like, take this, you could do this today. This is something that was a nugget because most people, most people, unfortunately, don't take any action on anything. Right. You know, they, they, they listen in and they might stuff their mind with with positive information all day, every day, but unless you take action, nothing happens. Right. And that's the unfortunate thing. So you, you could give them, <clears throat> excuse me, you can give them a million dollar formula right now. You might get 1% of the, uh, of the listeners actually wanting to apply it or actually do apply it. So right. uh, no, no, one, one golden nugget is, is, is all. I think that's really huge. I think, I think being able to, <clears throat> I think judgment is huge. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think judgment is, um, in my belief, it derives from insecurity, um, which, which you know, can lead to a numerous amount of faults and, and then self sabotage and negative self talk and all that stuff. And now you're just going down a rabbit hole. Right. Um, and you got to get out of that mindset if you want to achieve anything. Like people think that positivity and, and, and. Um, like, uh, I get a lot of flack, you know, um, what is it called? You know, the movie, the secret that came out in the book and all that, yeah. you know, people, when you talk about like vision boards or, 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 or putting positive affirmations in your mind, like, you know, most people think that all of a sudden, like, yeah, you're going to envision that you are going to be successful and you're going to have a Ferrari and you put a house that you, your dream house on this vision board and all of a sudden it's going to happen. No, it's not just going to magically appear. You have to work towards that, but you're framing your mind for that versus framing it for, I can't have this. I can't have that. I'll never be able to achieve that. That is absolutely ludicrous. Yada, yada, yada. That's why they say sometimes you got to get rid of, you know, your friends because your friends are, are literally rooting for your downfall. Right. You know, um, and, and, and even though they're masking, like, oh, it's going to be okay. This and that really, the reality is, is that they don't want you to succeed because, they have the same negative self-talk that you do. And so by, by having positive affirmations and, and reading good things and journaling and, and storing your brain and feeding your brain with, with positivity and then, and then working towards that action, that goal on a day-to-day basis, you begin, you begin framing your mind for things that you never thought you could achieve nor were possible. And then it becomes, and then it becomes honest, right? At first, it's not really honest. It's more of just trying to condition yourself, right? to 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 get into that frame of mind and then as you practice amongst everything else 
it becomes better and then it becomes more reflective and more honest and now you're becoming truthful and you really do feel this way right and we're all not we're not perfect we're imperfect human beings but um you know you're always going to have your 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 days where you're like man and i'll catch myself now like i'll i'll be like god why i mean just just recently i said man when it rains it pours let me tell you and literally my mind said shut up like right. totally you, you know like no you're, you'll be good there's always a silver lining just keep yeah. going keep going keep going keep going keep going yeah language is so important you know i yes. actually uh recently i just was at a brunch with a friend and we were talking about this woman um she was we were talking about network marketing with her and she made the comment of you know that she had she had her preconceived notions about network marketing and her opinions about it. And she said, well, I don't even need a six figure income. And it struck me so funny that she said that because I was like, you obviously assume that if you have a six figure income, that that somehow is a negative thing, Boom. you know, and that you have a story around money. And if you have too much money, that that makes you a bad person. And I, cause I was like, it's not wrong or bad to need a six-figure income. I'm like, at this point in the U.S., that's almost middle class. Like, that's not even anything. Barely. That's exactly like that's not even anything super great anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're just getting you're getting by. And so it was really intriguing to me because I'll notice that now with people where I'm like, do you understand that the language that you use, even saying I don't need six figures, but then do you think it's going to come to you? Like, are you inviting it? You're not. If you're going to sit here and say that, like you're basically telling the universe or the ether or whatever you believe, what you believe. And that's what's going to, that's what's going to happen to you. So it's even, that's where I feel like I'm at too with things where I get really um, aware of even the language that I use when I talk about things or when I talk about where I want to be and what I want to do. Um, and I am like you too, where I'll just cut myself off mid negative thought and be like, nope, th- because this is, you know, like I trust that whatever is supposed to happen is going to happen and that no matter what, I'm going to be given what I need to succeed at whatever it is. And if there's something that happens that seems to be a detour, it's just because I don't have, I don't have all the information right this minute and that's all it is. Right. There's some lesson that I need, you know, so no, it's been great. Um, one of the things too, I wanted to say, you know, I, I'm very much a believer in you manifest things for yourself, but there are calls to action that are required when you're trying to manifest, which is you have to become the person, you know, it's like, first of all, give yourself permission to even have dreams that are huge or have things that are so beyond the realm that you can even comprehend or beyond what you've seen from your family you know, or your friends. And then it's like, first, you have to give yourself permission. Secondly, you have to become the person who has, who is capable of having those things. And I know for me, I've spent probably the last year really becoming, you know, investing in my personal growth, investing in my health, investing in self-care, like investing in myself to basically say, okay, I'm ready for that next place. I'm ready for that next level because I'm willing to do this to become that person who has that. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and then the third is you have to actually then take inspired action to, to make it happen. It doesn't just happen for you. You know, you, you still can't, you just can't sit back and all of a sudden there's a Ferrari in your driveway. Um, so no, I totally agree with you on the vision boards and, and visualization and meditation and journaling is all great, but there's some other stuff that has to happen with it. Um, and you, and you have to lean into when you feel uncomfortable and when you feel nudged to go do something, then that's what you gotta go do. And that's scary. It is very scary. Last thing I really want to discuss with you, because I feel like you'd be very in line with this topic and it goes into what we're talking about right now, but I get people that I talk to, I mean, hell, even sometimes it's like family, right? Close friends, family. You know, when somebody tells you that you've changed or that you can't change or you are who you are, it's your innate ability and this and that, like your your core of who you are will never actually readapt and mold into something different. Here's the reality. 
and I want your opinion on this very, very much. I believe that your core, what your personality is, your personality is, is the outcome of your experiences, your surroundings, and, uh, um, and then everything that you take in that becomes your belief system. So your belief system is really in line with your personality and your personality and how you, how you attribute that personality to conversations, relationships, yada, 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 can evolve and change, right? And that's all attributed to new habits, new disciplines, right? New stuff going inside of your brain because we evolve, we can evolve, we can change, we can shift, we can decipher. Will, will there be lingering things from our past personas? Sure. It, it's it's not always going to be 100% and slowly but surely in time it becomes less and less um, prevalent. However, I can tell you this, the man that I am today is nowhere near the man that I was 10 years ago. That guy died. He's dead. And the guy that I'm going to be in 10 years, for that guy, for me to give, give birth to that man in 10 years, today's Mo needs to die. And that's what's going to happen. And it's that evolution. Um, so I want, I want to know your thoughts on that because I'm a very, very big believer of evolving and creating the, uh, you know, the best version of yourself and, and a steadied evolution. Yeah. I mean, if you, like I put up, you know, that 10 year challenge that just went around, right? Yeah. On everything. Yeah. And I put up my before and after of that and, you know, I'm not even like, I literally tell people all the time that I've had so many lifetimes within my lifetime, but I'm like, I don't even know how many versions back that is now. Um, and I'm like you, where I just constantly, I believe that I'm, it's always about evolving. And it's really about, honestly, for me, it's about coming home to, um, coming home to myself. Right. So ultimately before we had all the, um, stories and the conditioning You're cutting out a little bit sorry oh am i yeah i lost you too oh you did yeah hang on one second here technical difficulties ladies and gentlemen like it's just there we go are we better let me check my uh, yes okay. Yeah. okay um no i i'm i think that it's not even necessarily about coming um you know I think it's coming home to who we truly are in the first place, like who we came out and we started as, but we had all this stuff that got piled onto us and these beliefs and these stories Great outlook. Yes. in order to be liked, in order to be successful, you know, in order to be worthy, if you will. Um, so we had all this conditioning that we took in and this, you know, the stuff that we needed in order to survive. And it's really about shedding that now. And so for me, I know that as I've grown and I've gone through some things, it's really stepping back and looking at my own behaviors and the choices that I make and changing patterns, right? And, and saying, okay, this is how my brain has been wired for this, but this isn't serving me anymore. And, and these were coping mechanisms to help me with survival, but this isn't about ha helping me thrive. And for me, that for the last six years has been, you know, really, I want to thrive. I don't want to be in survival mode anymore. I really do want to um, heal when I need to heal. And I really want to be in alignment with, you know, the thoughts, my behaviors, my actions um, with my value system, right? I mean, for me, that's what integrity is. That's also what alignment is, is when you think and you move exactly the same and you, what you say is exactly the same as what, you know, you're, you're just in alignment. Mm -hmm. And that's when I truly believe that you're the most open to all the goodness that there is in the world to come to you. Um, but that's our job here is to, is to be that. And that's scary because the more you do that, um, the more you, you aren't going to blend in necessarily, you're going to kind of stand out and people will, um, accuse you of changing, but it's that you weren't really in alignment with yourself and that's what it was. So it kind of feels like a fraudulent version, you know? So for me, yeah, I've evolved. I'm not even... I mean, like you can see it in my picture as far as just how different I look, it, you know, 
I feel like it's, you change from the inside, but it's a change externally as well. At least it was for me in my case. Um, and just becoming more authentic. And, and I think that, you know, even just the, the peace and the light that you have within when you can go through that and you really do shed those layers of yourself that aren't serving you anymore and they're they're keeping you where you are they're not helping you propel forward um and then the flip side of that is too that i also have really learned to appreciate this version right now you know and it's not that we're it's something that we need to be fixed or we're broken um but I also agree with you like I'm super excited like I can't wait to think this version of me 10 years down the road you know and be like god I'm so I'm so thankful that she kept pushing and that she kept going and that she kept doing everything she could to challenge herself and heal herself and grow and learn um because you know that that version is going to be pretty magnificent at that point, you know, and that's where I live my life. Absolutely. So, and kudos to you too, because I think there's a lot of people who don't, who don't do that, who are totally fine to stay stagnant and to be, um, to stay in comfort because it's not, you know, to live this way is not comfortable, not easy by any means. No, but I think the former is, um, it's almost like being trapped in a box. That's it's so funny that you say that because I did an event in November and it's it was called the Ember Sessions and um, that's exactly I, I had this conversation with my ex husband, you know, in our office uh, several years ago and I said I feel like I'm in a box and I'm grow- I, I'm ready to burst through this box and everybody around me expects me to get back in it and I'm just I'm not willing to anymore like I'm not willing to. I'm not willing to be in the damn box anymore. I, I, I can't like the anxiety and the stress that I feel about having to go back in the box is, is more than the stress and anxiety of not knowing what is outside of it, you know, and the unknown. And, um, that I was like, that's it. I can't, I can't get in the box anymore. And I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not who I was then I've outgrown it. I'm beyond it. I have to shrink myself down in order to be in it and I can't do it anymore. So, and that's hard and scary because you do lose people along the way. Oh yeah. Um, but I've also realized that every time and I've, I've lost people in every way possible, <laughs> like I mean, through death, through friendship sending, through divorce, like I've lost every everything, every way that you can lose a person, I've lost them at this point in my life. And what I will say is, is that I'm, I'm never without that there's always somebody else who comes along who I'm like, oh, okay, this is why this person's supposed to be in my life. Um, because now they're with me in this season and they're they're walking down this path with me now. Um, so, and that can be hard because I think as you up level and you really raise the bar and you raise the standards in your life, um, the circles become smaller. I mean, honestly, there's less and less people who can meet that and you have to have the courage to understand that there might be times when you're lonely but um that it's worth it because you want quality around you um and not quantity so and totally agree and it's there's i mean it's been hard because but you know i come back to the analogy of or literally the story of um crabs in a bucket you know they see a crab escaping and getting out of the bucket and they will literally pull it back down and tear it apart and kill it and um so I'm highly aware of that at this point and can pick up on people's energies really quick. And, you know, you are who you surround yourself with. I know that people talk about that all the time, but um, you should be around people who intimidate you a little bit, not somebody who you just feel like you're intimidating them, you know? It needs to be a um, balance. Yeah, exactly. Like you feel like there's a reciprocity for sure, but um that they, they inspire you, you know, they inspire you and they, they make you want to be the best version of yourself by hanging out with them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's totally what I, I, how I live in terms of who I allow in my circle at this point too. And most of the time, especially in entrepreneurship, you can find the like-minded people at like crazy events, you know, like, um, like for instance, uh, like uh, Grant Cardone's 10X that he just did. I mean, 
yeah. like 35,000 people. And right. All entrepreneurs, right? And some, and I would say like a good 10% of them were multi, multi-millionaires. And, you know, two to 3% were billionaires mm-hmm. in this, in this conference, you know, so it's, it's crazy, you know, and I, and I want to go back real quick before we get off here, because I know we're getting short on time. But um, when you were talking about that you, you, we were born our original form and, and our original form isn't what, what was taught and that those became like, you know, those became parts of our personality and not our, what we believe in, whatever. And I believe that because like, let's just take something so simple that people, this may be taboo, but racism is, is learned. Absolutely. It is not taught. You are born as a baby. You can have multicolored babies all around you. What do you think is going to happen when you put them all in a room? They're going to play and love each other, right? right? So, so we're conditioned to be racist. We're conditioned to be worker bees. I mean, look at the educational system built in the 1800s. It was built to basically have people go through and become a cog in a machine. And in the, in the early 1900s, yeah. And then in the early 1900s, you know, back then you can go to school, you can go to college, you can go through the machine and then get into corporate America and actually have a really, really good life. Right. Become a very good earner, you know, a very good provider, whatever the case may be. Now in 2019, what happens with majority of the kids that are going to school? When if they're not, they're not starting to become like a specialist, right? So like a doctor, a dentist, an archaeologist, an architect, you know, orthodontist, whatever the case may be. If you're not starting to become like a, a like in the medical field or a particular specialty, right? Engineer, that kind of thing. What happens to most of the kids? 90% of these kids, 80% of these kids. They have to get a job at Starbucks after they graduate college. And they have to start paying off their their student debt. It's just an absolute joke. Right. Yeah, I I just had this conversation with my 11-year-old because she was like, I have my life all planned out. I'm going to do this and I'm going to go to here and I'm going to do this. And I said, you know, and obviously like her thing is I'm going to go to college and I'm going to do this. And I said to her, you know, I don't know if you're going to go to college. Like, or you need to like, not just this is the path and that's it. And I say that because of my own experience where Mm -hmm. I did the thing where I checked off the list of like the stuff that I thought was the way, you know, like Mm -hmm. it was the path that I was given that I was led to believe would make me happy. And as I kept checking these things off, as I went down this list, I wasn't happy, you know, and I said to her, I was like, it's not about necessarily like going after the thing that's going to make you money. It's about the thing that makes you happy and that makes you excited and gives you passion because, or that you're passionate about, because usually if you're going to walk that path, you're going to find a way to make money at it, you know, or it's going to be something that you don't even necessarily like your definition of success is a little bit different. Right. But, um, and then not only that, but just that I was like, now there's companies that hire kids right out of high school because they know that this this generation is trying to figure out how to be entrepreneurial because they know that those jobs, the way that, you know, when I got out of college, automatically you could get a really good job and make good money. And then you were expected because of what my parents did to work there for 30 years. Right. But then that evaporated, that evaporated with my generation where I'm like, you don't work at a a place for 30 years because you get abused, you know, and you, you are only valuable this much and that's it. Um, and so really trying to, to give my daughter permission to think outside of like what she's being guided to do, not just, I think by, it's not that I think that I'm necessarily doing that. And I'm sure there's a component of that, but I still have that conditioning myself that I'm putting on them. But I think it's everything It's school. It's like TV. It's all of it. It's the culture is conditioning everybody to go and do these things. And um, so even to think outside of that and say, but does that really, is that really what I want to do or what I want to be? And what is it that I measure success by at this point? Um, Yeah, it's, it is, it's indoctrination basically. And I agree with you that I feel the same way. There's many things you could do now. I mean, you could be a professional YouTuber. Right. You look at that 10-year-old kid that makes $20, 30000000 a year. 
doing toy reviews. I mean, these parents right. were genius, by the way. Right. Genius my kids parents. Watch it too. My kids watch people playing toys, which I just yeah. And and uh, the video game reviews, where the guys all they're doing is playing video games, like that ninja guy who makes like whatever a million a month. Yeah. Just literally playing video games and just talking about it. Yeah. So isn't that insane? I'm trying to give her permission to yeah. not have the same conditioning because I mean it took me until my you know mid 30s late 30s to be like oh I can do something different like it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be this that I can be I can be happy um you know and it, it took me that long and so I actually get envious of these generation you know the these younger people now who are like I don't have to do that I can just do whatever I want I mean granted I think I have the ability to have delayed gratification which is where I can say okay, I can do this for two or three years and know that this is going to, like, I, this is going to put me there and I'm willing to do that for two or three years, which I think that's the younger generations have a harder time with, at least. Yeah, they them. want instant gratification. Because they're so used to that, you know? Right. So I'm constantly in that mode of, like, how do I teach my kids that? Yeah. You need to have some delayed gratification. You need to have mm. a work ethic. Um, but, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like it's, they have so much time to, to figure it out now and that all bets are off as far as like what's I mean, going on. It really, really is. I think we live in one of the best economical eras and one of the best, I guess, just eras in general. I mean, the fact that you can build anything. I remember when I was in, because um, I, started, I started doing digital marketing. I was 17 years old and I was doing affiliate marketing where all affiliate marketing is, is taking a digital digital product and then promoting it through banner ads, you know, Google SEO, whatever. And then for every sale, you would get a commission. That was it. That's all it was. When I tried to explain this to my mom, she thought I was doing something like illegal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, because I started getting checks in the mail, you know, a couple hundred here, a thousand here, another thousand. I was like, by the time I was 19, I was making a consistent 3,500, 4,000 bucks a month doing affiliate marketing from home. Right. And she thought I was like doing literally like, like I was like a stealing money or something, right. you know, it's just, it's funny how things change. Right. Um, I think you really should launch your podcast. I think it would be phenomenal. I would, and I would definitely subscribe to it. Thank you. I'm yeah. yeah it's one of those things that's been on the, the to-do list. So, so, and, and I can edit this out, but I think it's really useful because I started initially with a hosting company called Libsyn. Um, where you have to pay for the hosting, which is like 15, 20 bucks a month. Yeah. It's not the money that's the issue. It's the complexity of this thing. It's just a pain in the butt. And and I'm tech savvy. So like it irritated me. Um, and then you have to create your profile. You have to create the podcast. And then you have to edit everything. You have to upload everything manually. And then you have to go and manually um, basically push them out to every channel. And every channel you have to create an account. Then you have to sync the accounts. It's just a pain in the butt. Um, and then I, I, at 4Ds, I heard Gary V yeah. talk about an app called Anchor. Right. Go to anchor.fm. This is, I mean, this is Anchor. It's just like a podcast app. Anchor.fm. Okay. Okay. You create your, you create your podcast name. You upload an image. And then you can literally, like, you can literally just start recording your podcast on your phone. Oh, okay. That's it. And then you can edit it on your phone. You can, you can, you can, you can, um, if you want to do multiple people, like, I think you have, you have the option of up to six, you can add people and send them the link and they sign on to your podcast. It's just audio, but you can literally just plug in your, your headphones and then send the link to, you know, Joe, Bob, and Susie. And they all, now you're like on a conference call podcast. Okay. And you're just talking. And it, and it also has background music, intro music, outro music. Oh. All cool. professional. And then once you're done, you, you publish it. It publishes to, I'll tell you, the distribution. You've got one. So you've got Apple Podcasts. It's the major ones anyway. So Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Podbean, Radio Public, and Stitcher. It'll do it all for you automatically. It'll create your profiles automatically for each one of those platforms. 
all you got to do is record. If you really want to get fancy, you can plug in, um, you could do Anchor on your computer and you can just plug in like an ex external microphone. You can get like the Blue Yeti. That's a USB mic. This, this you have to connect through a interface, but you can just get like the Blue Yeti. I think they're like a hundred bucks. They're amazing. Plug yeah. it in the USB and... I have one like that. It's not quite yeah. the Blue Yeti, but it's like something like that. that Whatever. Yeah. And, and it enhances the audio. And then you can record directly through, through Anchor on the website. Oh, that's um, so awesome. Yeah, or you could just connect your computer, or you can connect your uh, um, your USB microphone and just do a Zoom. Like, Zoom is free if it's just one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. Like, if you want to upgrade your account and you can do multiple, well, like... I already have Zoom as part of my business anyway, because I it's do... It's still cheap. Yeah, it's still cheap. Like, I pay, like, 20 bucks a month. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, so, I'm just saying, like, yeah, so you could just do this, and then with Zoom... Once you record it and you can, you set it up to where that the file, if, it, if you don't want it on the cloud, it goes to your computer. It literally breaks it up for you. It'll give you the video and audio combined, and then it'll just give you the audio. So you can take that audio and just upload it. Yeah. And so put that on Anchor itself. And just put it on Anchor. And then Anchor will distribute it. So that's what I do now. That's how I do it. It's like so easy. It's so easy. And like you can literally, so when I first started, I just, I was on, I got in the mood. I would just hit record. And I would just sit there and talk right on my phone. And that was my first episode of podcast. I, I think it was called. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at is that I'm just overthinking it, you know, where I'm like. Yes, yes. you are. It's got to be a lot. It's a lot simpler. Like my first three I did by myself. First one was called 60 second mind tech, mindset technique. The second one was called gratitude. And the third was frustration. And then that's after that, I started interviewing people. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Thank but you. But it's for so me. easy. Even just this, I'm like, yeah. I mean, I've had so many conversations with a lot of different people that I'm like, I wish I was recording this right now. <laughs> like this would be, this would be one of those things, you know? Um, and I, I do think like, I've always been a good storyteller. And so, um, you know, that's just so much of it is just even being able, able to just share stories. And that's at this point, I have so many stories. Absolutely. I mean, I would find like what, what, you know, uh, like a theme, like what it is that you want to talk about. Do you just want to interview people? Is there like a centralized theme? Is it about life, business, whatever? And then just go off of that. And, and, you know, and the success will come because of the authenticity, right? Yeah. So, well, thank you for this. It's been absolutely. Awesome. No, I appreciate you, you coming on and, and, uh, that was amazing. It was my favorite one. So I, I appreciate it. Uh, we'll get it edited out and we'll send you the links and all that fun stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah, just send me whatever. And I'll, like I said, I'm happy to share it on everything. And I will. I'll send you, we'll do like uh, stories, some news feed images and like some, some like, we'll, we'll take like a, we'll take like a really cool section of you talking that we find really informational. We'll turn it into like a little, like a 30 or 60 second minute video. Yeah. And and we'll just send you the link and you can post that on on your on your feed or you can post it on whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be really, really cool. And if you want us to link anything like we'll we like we'll we'll tag you and everything so everybody can see it. But if you want to link anything else, um, like a different page or something, let me know. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I have like all of my link tree stuff, but I think that they'd be able to find it if they're if they go to your page. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's cool. Well, thank you. I totally appreciate this. It's exciting. And this also just gives me a, you know, I'm like, I'm all about these opportunities that just present themselves. And I'm like, oh, this is why I was supposed to do this too. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, so this is awesome. Sweet. So cool. We'll keep doing what you're doing too. Well, I appreciate it. Doing amazing things. And I'm Good sure it, we'll, we'll work together again. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you ever have any I, I know you're you're pretty savvy with business, but if you have any marketing questions, I've been doing it for almost 18 years. So that's, that's, that's probably fine. the area though that I'm like I don't know what I'm doing. Like that's probably the least savvy place I feel like I sit um, out of all of it. And I think I yeah, do pick my brain. Yeah, for sure. I definitely might get a hold of you about it for sure. Please do. I'll uh, I'll send you my number um, on uh, on Instagram here in a second, just so you okay. have it. Yeah, that sounds good. I don't know if I did or not, but I'll send it to you. That sounds really good. Okay, well, thanks again. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I hope you have an amazing week. Okay. Kick ass. You too. Okay, talk to you soon. Bye-bye.